This program is brought to you from Wisconsin Eyes Margaret Farrow Studio. Hello and welcome to Newsmakers. I'm your host, Lisa Pugh. Assembly Minority Leader Greta Neubauer is leading her Democratic caucus during some times of uncertainty, particularly as the state Supreme Court may upend legislative maps, putting all 99 assembly districts into question. Her job entails not only pushing for public policy change, but recruiting new candidates. She joins Newsmakers today to reflect on 2023 and give us some hints on what might might expect in 2024. So welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. You know that you were here almost exactly a year ago today. I saw that. <laughs> and in uh, 2023, you set out some fiscal priorities. It was a budget year. And I know you talked about um, investing in public schools, supporting working families, and investing in or increasing funding for shared revenue in local communities. H how do you feel you did on those goals in 2023, your caucus? Well, of course, we worked really hard on all of those priorities. And there was some progress in the legislature, right? some more negotiations and bipartisan agreements. We did not get everything that we wanted in those proposals. Um, I would point particularly to shared revenue. You know, there were some things that really needed to happen. The flexibility for the city of Milwaukee and some important increases in other places. But for a community like mine and Racine, we did not address the root of that issue. And there's a lot more work to do. Um, and then, of course, we've been advocating for investment in our public schools and higher education. That conversation is ongoing. We know it's a major priority for the people of Wisconsin to have great schools and really good opportunities for every single kid across the state. I don't feel that we've really addressed that one in a significant way. When you look back at 2023, what are you most proud of for your caucus? So we always focus, I would say, on three things. The first is that we try to find opportunities to work with our colleagues across the aisle wherever we can. We know the people of Wisconsin sent us to this building and they expect us to work hard and to pass policy that improves their lives day to day. We do that whenever possible. We also lay out a long-term vision because many of the things that we are working on and we know Wisconsinites need are just not being discussed in the state capitol. There are long-term priorities, investments in making Wisconsin a place where everyone can live and thrive for years into the future that our Republican colleagues are not paying attention to. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of those specifics. And then, of course, we also are focused on upholding the governor's veto and preventing Republicans from moving our state backwards. We saw last year many uh, efforts to ramp up the political games, right? threatening to impeach Justice Janet Protasiewicz and uh, Administrator Megan Wolf at the Elections Commission. We are doing everything we can to prevent Republicans from um, further destabilizing our democracy um, and moving our state backwards. In some of your end-of-year interviews, I've heard you talk about those 300-plus bills that Democrats have introduced and that didn't even receive a hearing. How do you talk about that as making progress in moving the Democratic agenda forward when the bills aren't even able to get out of committee? Yeah. So we have a problem in Wisconsin, and that is the gerrymandered legislative maps. 
There are a whole lot of things. I would point to Medicaid expansion, gun safety legislation, legalizing recreational marijuana that have overwhelming public support and really are receiving no attention in the state legislature because of the gerrymandered maps. We know that there are going to be new maps in Wisconsin, and so we need to be prepared for a legislature that looks really different. But we also have to keep putting out that vision for what Wisconsinites want and deserve. And so even when our bills don't get those public hearings, we are going to keep talking about these policies. We are going to keep traveling around the state and making sure the people of Wisconsin know that we're looking out for them um, and that we're doing what we can to improve their lives. I know the session's not over yet. Bills are continuing to be introduced here early in 2024. Speaker Voss sat down with us before the end of the year. He set out his priorities. What are your priorities for the Assembly Democratic Caucus in 2024? So continuing much of the work that we have over the session, but with just a few months left and a historic surplus, we hope that there will be opportunities to use that surplus to invest in working families. We've what does seen, that mean? Yeah, so of course conversations are ongoing about returning some of that surplus to the people of Wisconsin. Um, Republicans have tried a couple of times to get through tax cuts that really benefit the wealthy more than anyone else. We're not interested in that, but we're interested in conversations about giving working families a little more breathing room. So a tax cut is a priority for the Democratic caucus? That's something that we're discussing. Speaker yep. Voss talking about eliminating taxes on retirement income. Is that a proposal that has support or are there parts of it that you would definitely not be supporting? You know, we'd need to see the proposal and dig in on that. Of course, we know that there are retirees in Wisconsin who are struggling to make ends meet. But for us, any policy that we're going to support needs to be targeted at those people who really need the tax relief. Those who are sitting at the kitchen table, who are looking at their budget and wondering how they are going to make it to the end of the month. Those are the people who we want to be centering in any tax cut. So that's maybe where the disagreement will continue to be is around the who is getting that tax cut. Um, Speaker Voss also mentioned medical marijuana as a priority. And of course, we saw earlier this week a Republican proposal on medical cannabis. Uh, Do you support that proposal? So we're digging into the details. We have long supported, as the Assembly Democrats, movement on medical and recreational marijuana. We know that both of them have significant public support and referendum after referendum across the state indicating that. So I think it's progress that we're having this conversation. I do think that this bill is too restrictive. Um, We know that the people of Wisconsin want greater access and that the bill Republicans put forward this week is not going to provide the pain management that everyone in Wisconsin needs and deserves. But we're going to dig in on this proposal and see if there is a way that we can move forward. Speaker Voss says he doesn't expect any Democrat votes, that Democrats just want full recreational legalization. Is Is that fair? I don't think so. Um, It is correct that our position aligns with the people of Wisconsin, which is that we also believe that recreational marijuana should be legalized. But it is uh, not true that we won't consider a medical bill. We just want to dig in and make sure that it's actually going to provide relief for Wisconsinites struggling, again, with pain management. What's what's an example of a restriction in that bill that you think is unnecessary? I'm sure there's several. Well, you know, one is around terminal illness. I believe that the language says you can access medical marijuana if you have a year or less to live and a terminal diagnosis. Someone who has a year and a half or two years may also need marijuana to, uh, to handle their pain, right, and want to choose that option over 
another drug that might be uh, more addictive, but they might not have that option. So will, have you been or will, do you plan to be in Speaker Voss's office or in Bill Author's offices trying to advocate for democratic parts to this bill? Yeah, I'm sure we're going to have more conversations. You know, bill just came out a couple of days ago. We, of course, have a different uh, version of marijuana bills we've put out in the past, but we're very open to conversations about that. Circling back to taxes, you know, the Wisconsin Policy Forum issued a report last week talking about that, that tax burden for Wisconsinites, the ratio between what they're paying in state and local taxes and what, they're re what they are um, uh, receiving in income. And they said it's near an historic low. Mm. Um, but they also have some caution in that report, and we're going to put up what that says. It says, to some degree, the goals of reducing the tax burden and maintaining or increasing public services are in conflict with one another. The tension may make it more difficult to lower the tax burden in future years without some combination of service reductions, increases in efficiency, or greater economic growth that will produce higher incomes for Wisconsinites. When you're out talking to Wisconsinites, what is that balance between folks who say, I want a tax cut and or I'm concerned about the maintenance of my public services? Mm -hmm. Are you concerned about what was found in that report? Yeah, you know, of course, so many issues are touched by what we do here in state government. I would, of course, point to child care. We know that the industry is stressed, to say the least. Thankfully, Governor Evers was able to find some additional uh, resources to allocate to tide over the Child Care Counts program. But the legislature is going to need to take action or that industry is going to collapse and exacerbate the workforce challenges we have. I hear about that from people on the Child doors. Child care is right? the main thing. I do. And so it's all balance, as you said, right? People do want to uh, have the services that are going to allow them and their families to live a good life in their communities. And they also want to feel like their tax burden is fair, right? And they see the benefit of that. So we try to balance all of those things. Do you and hear from people who think the tax burden is unfair for them right now? Um, I, I'm not sure that we've gotten that contact recently in the office. Um, I'd have to ask <laughs> my team and <laughs> confirm that that's right. Of course, it's always a conversation that we have with folks in Wisconsin because many people are struggling, right? And, and they've been feeling inflation on their, on their pocketbooks. But we also hear that people want to have great public schools. We hear that they want to have good infrastructure in Wisconsin. And so it's balancing all of those things. Um, you mentioned a priority of working across the aisle and finding those areas of compromise. What, how would you say the environment is right now for bipartisan compromise? I know you've been leader now for two years. Is it better? Is it not as good as it was? Mm -hmm. Kind of how do you assess that? So we had a number of good conversations last year. I do think the conversations we had around the Brewers deal and some housing policy and shared revenue, it's good that we're in the same room and we're talking to each and other. And that wasn't happening before. Not in my experience, but you know, I've only been the leader for two years. So um, we're glad to see that progress. We feel that there's room to grow. 
And I do think that the case on legislative maps being in front of the state Supreme Court right now is changing what things are like in the building. Because for a number of years, Republicans have not felt that they needed to talk with or work with their Democratic colleagues, and that is starting to shift. And so I'm hopeful that we will see the restoration of our democracy in many ways um, and more interest in working across the aisle. Are there any issues even yet in uh, the remainder of this session that you see as potential bipartisan agreement? I know there are several speaker task forces where your members are playing some, you know, minority roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see, is that, do those have promise or what are maybe some examples? Sure. Some bills were rolled out today on uh, Speaker's Task Force on Human Trafficking. I think there will be some bipartisan bills um, that rem- are going to be rolled out in the coming days and weeks. Um, you know, this is silly season, so there'll be a lot of bills. <laughs> We're going to be in session a lot in January and February. I would point to a couple that I know are moving through the process. Um, we have one uh, that Reportees Velez has been leading on that's providing more opportunities for DACA recipients to enter the workforce, right? She's working with Representative Mako on that. So there are some bills like that that I think bring together our shared interests. We all see the workforce challenges and demographic uh, issues ahead as a, as a problem. And I think there are new opportunities for collaboration provided uh, in some of these challenges. You know, 2023 ended and 2024 is kind of starting again with this ongoing fight over diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, in the university system, but also in throughout state government. I know um, Republicans just introduced a constitutional amendment that would further limit DEI. Um, You've said that GOP efforts around DEI are deeply misguided. What, What does that mean? Why is it misguided? When I'm out talking to people in my community, they are not asking us to come to Madison and try to undermine diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. I hear about the racial equity gaps that persist in Wisconsin. I hear about all of our desire to support students to succeed at our UW campuses. And what Republicans have been doing with their efforts to attack diversity, equity, inclusion is foment culture wars and really not focus on the issues that Wisconsinites care about. I believe that every student at the UW or all uh, through our education system should have the resources that they need to succeed and their school. And DEI is necessary for that? For some students, I think it is helpful to have specific resources that acknowledge their cultural context or identity. And what Republicans are doing uh, is holding uh, resources hostage for the UW system. They did that over the course of the last year in order to impose their political agenda on the UW system, and it seems they're going to continue in other forms of government. How will Democrats be pushing back on these challenges to DEI? Like, what does that look like when you're in the minority? Yeah, so, of course, we saw a deal at the end of last year between the UW system and Republicans. Um, We are glad that the pay raises for hardworking employees are moving forward, that we're going to see votes on building projects that have been long delayed. But we just can't allow DEI to be used as a bargaining chip into the future. And so we are just not going to accept that precedent and enter into negotiations um, that trade diversity, equity, and inclusion for other priorities. 
And again, I think the legislative maps changing is going to be helpful because it is going to highlight that the people of Wisconsin are just not sending us to Madison to go in and micromanage the UW system. They're sending us here to provide a great education for every single kid. Do you expect to see um, potential cuts or proposed cuts to state agencies tied to DEI, perhaps through bills or in the next budget? I think that's possible. We haven't seen that yet, but of course, Republicans attempted to isolate what they saw as DEI programming at the university system and create a corresponding cut. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they will do the same in state agencies. We know that they've said that they are going to continue to attack diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, Speaker Voss also said in end-of-year interviews that he wants to, to um, put the issue of abortion to voters in a referendum. The governor opposes this. Uh, the last Marquette Law School poll that asked Wisconsinites, Wisconsin voters about abortion legality is from June, and it shows, you know, while 32% of Wisconsinites say abortion should be legal in all cases, 59% of those polled said abortion should have at least some restriction. They were those folks who answered that it shouldn't be either completely legal or completely illegal in all cases. They were somewhere in the middle. So, you know, given those numbers, doesn't it make sense that uh, voters should be the ones to determine where that line on abortion is in Wisconsin? So people in Wisconsin have made really clear that they want access to abortion. And since the fall of Roe v. Wade, we have seen our Republican colleagues uh, attempt to limit abortion access. There have been many opportunities for us to come in and codify in state law that abortion should be legal in Wisconsin. And that has not happened. Um, thankfully, there are uh, abortion is being provided again in our state um, due to the recent ruling, um, but the status will be tenuous until we have a state statute that says we are going to ensure access to comprehensive reproductive health You don't healthcare. support putting it to voters in a referendum? You know, we all, of course, would need to see the language on that. We're not interested in a referendum that is going to further restrict people's reproductive rights, um, but are always happy to hear from the people of Wisconsin on these issues. We know that they want to have access to abortion. You've mentioned several times potential new legislative maps. How are you as minority leader planning for those new maps? Oh, sure. So that's a big question. But we're already in conversations with people from across the state about running for office. We know that the old maps are not going to be in play for this coming election. And so we're essentially recruiting without district lines. We look at where uh, districts used to be before the gerrymander uh, two cycles ago, two redistricting cycles ago. We look at uh, voting patterns across the state and we talk to anyone who's willing to connect with us about running for office. And our hope is to have people ready to go as soon as the legislative maps are finalized. And we're working with those candidates to be in a good position to run a really strong campaign and to compete for the majority. There's currently a 64 to 35 Republican majority in the assembly. How, how many seats do you think could realistically be in play with a redraw of the maps? Well, we're going for 15. We know. 15 additional seats? That the majority is critical. And of course, we'll be looking at what those, uh, how those maps <laughs> look at the end of all of this. But our hope would be that a whole lot of additional seats would become competitive. 
Wisconsinites at the state level vote for Democrats and Republicans about equally, right? It's about a 50-50 state, and if the maps are fair, Democrats in the Assembly and in the Senate can absolutely win a majority. Um, since you've mentioned you're doing candidate recruitment and having conversations, what's an example of some communities where you've had recent conversations? Oh gosh, well I'm truly talking to folks everywhere, um, but some really great uh, conversations in, in Wausau, in northern Wisconsin, in my part of the state, in southeastern Wisconsin. People are excited. They know that it could be a absolutely transformative year for Wisconsin and they want to be part of the group of candidates who wins a majority for the first time in over a decade. So so does that uncertainty in the lines, does that make recruitment more difficult or is it a kind of an incentive when you have these conversations? It's just our own challenge, right? Um, so last cycle we were in the same position. I had just started as the leader and it was a redistricting cycle and the maps weren't certain. And so we were talking to people in a similar way and saying it's sort of unclear where the lines are going to be. Um, but it's, uh, you know, of course it's nice for folks to be able to have a little advanced warning about what the district might look like, but we're making the best of it and people are doing everything they can to be prepared to run. I know you've said it, it, it can be difficult being in the minority in the way that you've been for the last several years. What are your selling points when you talk to potential candidates? Oh, well, that we could pass transformative policy in the state legislature. Those 300 plus bills that Democrats proposed in 2023, most of which have not gotten a public hearing or moved through the legislative process, we could be moving on those bills, right? We know the people in Wisconsin want to see us address the issues of climate change. They want their rights to be protected. They want strong schools and an economy that supports working families. They want accessible health care. And those are the issues that matter to our candidates and their communities. And they know that getting a majority in the legislature would mean that those issues are finally discussed in a real way in the state legislature. Sure. Speaker Voss has said that the U.S. Supreme Court will have the final word on the map. So are you concerned about a challenge at the high court? You know, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to get into the weeds on that one. Um, but we are focused as a caucus on doing everything we can to ensure there are fair maps. It's what the people of Wisconsin deserve. Our democracy has been significantly undermined by the gerrymander for over a decade. And so every opportunity to support fair maps coming to Wisconsin, we're going to take it. Uh, moving, shifting a little bit to national politics, that same Marquette Law School poll that we talked about just a little bit ago asked Wisconsin voters about presidential candidates. And you see in Wisconsin, President Biden running pretty much neck and neck with former President Trump. It also has his approval ratings, job approval for President Biden at 42 percent, disapproval at 57 percent. Are you concerned that President Biden will not be able to carry Wisconsin in November? Yeah, so it seems like we're gearing up for another Trump versus Biden election here in the in this year. And what we saw in the past is that people in Wisconsin understood that President Biden was looking out for them and that he was going to do everything he could to improve their lives and the lives of their families. And so I do feel confident that Biden will carry the state again. 
Uh, I think the that reality approval rating doesn't mean anything or it'll change. You know, I think the reality of, uh, again, that matchup is that people will look at Donald Trump and what he has said about how he would govern and his lack of uh, ability to get things done for the people of our state, and they will not want to support him again. You know, there are all sorts of things that the Biden administration has done. I'll speak for my own community in Racine, the broadband expansion, the child tax credit, the dollars coming in to help us with infrastructure improvements and a community health clinic. Those are real investments that are going to change people's lives. And we need to tell people about those. And I do understand that our role as Democrats in this state is to make sure that people understand what the Biden and Harris administration has done and what their plans are for the coming uh, four years. I'm sure you know there's a pending lawsuit that seeks to remove Donald Trump from the ballot in Wisconsin. Do you think that he should be on the ballot? Um, you know, this is the first time I've been asked this question. I, again, really try to focus on the things that are in front of the legislature. Um, you we don't, don't have, have <laughs> we don't have that question in front of us. Um, but I think it's important that the, the process plays out and that the people of Wisconsin are able to make their voices heard. You mentioned Wisconsinites needing to understand what President Biden has done for them. The term Bidenomics has been challenged in the state. You know, even though there's some good economic indicators, really Wisconsin worker wages haven't been keeping up with inflation. Groceries, housing costs are still high across yeah. the state. Uh, do you do you think that's a problem for the president? You know. People in Wisconsin are struggling, right? Inflation is real, and that has been a challenge. Thankfully, it is uh, flattening a little bit, right? People are hopefully feeling a little less stress in their budgets. Um, but we will, again, point to all of the things that this administration has done to help families weather this storm, right? To recover from the pandemic um, and to have their kids do well in school, right? To, to come back. And so we're just going to continue to talk about all of those things um, and point to the ways that this administration is doing everything it can to help families make ends meet um, and to have a strong quality of life in the years to come. You are the youngest legislative leader in Wisconsin history. <laughs> how, how do you address people's concerns about President Biden's age? So, um, you know, I understand um, people having all sorts of questions, right, as we look to our leaders and think about the four years to come. But what I've seen from President Biden is that he has prioritized the needs of my community. He has been present in Wisconsin, and the policy that he's put forward really has been successful in this state in making those kind of long-term investments that are going to mean people in Racine have access to health care when they might not have before, right? Or we have a transit center with new resources that mean people can get around uh, and really an improved quality of life. And so that's what I care about in a presidential candidate. Is Age someone doesn't matter. Who is able to connect with the people that they represent um, and prioritize the needs of Americans. What do you think are the state's greatest challenges? 
Oh, so, um, you know, we've been talking quite a bit, of course, about working families having a hard time making ends meet. We know that that is true, and that's going to continue to be true until we really address the root causes of some of the challenges Wisconsinites are facing. We are going to continue to do that. I think we've also had a challenge in the legislature in that much of the work Republicans have done has just been very short term. So it's not thinking about Wisconsin in the years to come. The attacks on the university system, right? They're not only uh, they're not only harmful right now, but it's also that they're not making the kinds of long-term investments that will allow us to have the strongest university system we could into the future. And so I think it's that lack of long-term thinking, right? Again, I mentioned climate change. I worked on that issue before I ran for office. We've done next to nothing in the state legislature to prepare for the extreme weather events that are going to come and to address our carbon footprint. It's just not what young people here want to see, right? It's so not going think to set us up for success. There's a change in the legislature that those will remain challenges? I haven't seen anything that would make me believe otherwise, right? So for years we've been proposing bills that would send the really needed investments to Wisconsin's public schools that our constituents are asking for, and we're getting really crickets from our Republican colleagues again, on these long-term infrastructure investments or protecting and supporting comprehensive access to reproductive health care or our LGBTQ young people or people of color. People don't want to live in a state where their rights are being attacked. And we need to make Wisconsin a place where everyone is welcomed, where people feel that they belong, they feel safe, and they see a path for their families to have uh, great success in the years to come. If you can make one main political prediction for 2024, what is it? Oh, that it is going to be an exciting year. <laughs> so the new legislative maps are coming. They are going to change a whole lot in the legislature. We are doing everything we can to be prepared for that. And I think it's going to change a lot about how the process works in the state capitol and the issues that are being discussed on the floor of the state legislature. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. And thank you to the viewers of Newsmakers. Be sure to tune in again as we highlight the issues and sit down with the decision makers who make a difference for all of us. You have been watching a production of Wisconsin Eye, your unfiltered window into legislative deliberations and public policy programming, where our mission is to provide Wisconsinites an opportunity to access the legislative process and connect with conversations that inform our citizenry. Please consider supporting our mission, and thank you for watching. Wisconsin Eye. Policy made public.